This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive writer for Bay Area News Group and I am the editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com. My friend and co-host today for the third or fourth time is John Berg, an automotive journalist, and today we're on the second day of SEMA in Las Vegas. And we have the really good fortune of having a discussion with Craig Jackson, who uh, everybody knows is from Barrow Jackson, and he's here in Las Vegas, and we have the nice opportunity to be in one of their vans a little bit away from the public to, to talk to them about the wonderful world of car options. Thank you, sir, for being Thank available. You. I, I guess I'll just start with an overview. Um, you've been involved in this with your family, and um, it's been a long time now. So where are we in the car auction world, if you can give us a good general overview? Well, yes, we've been in the business uh, since first auction, 1972. Founded the company in '71. Uh, for an auction house to be over 50 years old, uh, been through a lot of changes. Yes. And the changes are when we first started it, we were selling all pre World War II cars. That evolved. And it really started changing once we decided, uh, you know, to go after the cars that the boomers loved muscle cars. And uh, it was controversial even within the company. And uh, then the next evolution after doing muscle cars was taking on customs and resto mods. But car collecting keeps moving forward. You know, we started bringing in uh, the JDM products a few years back and selling uh, 240Zs and Supras. And so car collecting keeps evolving. And, but resto mods in every category, I think, are here to stay. And they're here to stay because it doesn't matter what you plop in there as you walk around SEMA. You know, just looking at Ring Brothers rolls down here with yes. the yep. LT4 in it. Yep. <laughs> Next time I see it, it could have an electric engine. Who knows? Or it could be an ICE uh, engine in it running on hydrogen, which I still think is going to be the winner long term rather than electric. Um, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. It puts out tremendous power. And uh, once they get enough stations, uh, it, you don't have to take all the time to sit there and charge. You know, I have a, a Hummer, and uh, I think it's a really cool vehicle. That's why I got it. But to put everybody on electric, I just don't think they've thought out all the logistics needed. But in Resto Mods, I think there's a lot of options. Yes. And people love the look of whatever it is that they love. And it could be, as you see, we have a K5 Blazer out front here. You have Jeff Hayes' Corvette out yes. here. We sell everything from SUVs, numbers matching. We've sold a lot of pickups, a lot of uh, SUVs where people have taken them all the way back to stock and restored them. And 
full-on roadster shop chassis under them and uh, 12 inches of suspension and you know that's what i think is so great the car collecting world has grown and part of that i wanted to do when i took over the company was to bring new people and that's where we put it on speed vision and speed yes. and motor trend throughout the years and now history which is really into it um uh, you see their signs around here for torque and we're playing all the old barrett jackson uh yes. footage and it's brought a lot of new people in and i just looked at our most recent bidder report and we are right now run about where we normally do about 40 percent new people and that's what it's all about is bringing new people into the hobby and our footprint on television social media youtube across the board brings a lot of new people in, and podcasts like yourself mm -hmm. and, Wherever people are consuming their media, Barrett Jackson wants to be there and be that person that's always on the forefront of what's the latest trends and also what are the latest trends with our experts vetting the cars. And uh, if you're going to buy a numbers matching real car, let's make sure it is. As the auctions have expanded to different cities, do you find that different parts of the country there are specific interests or does it spill over? It spills over. You know, we did Connecticut. It was pretty broad, mm -hmm. but the scrutinizing the cars had to be a lot harder because the cars that came locally tended to, uh, let's say, have some rust repairs in the past. <laughs> okay. And uh, I'd say our team spent a lot more work on their uh, hands and knees going through every car as it rolled in. In Florida, we, we tend to sell a lot more convertibles, contemporary cars, resto mods scottsdale we sell a little bit of everything from ultra rare ferraris resto mods modern supercars vin one cars you name it you walk around there out of almost 2,000 cars you'll see a smorgasbord in price ranges types and not every car at barrett jackson when we're consigning if we have three numbers matching, you know, cars that are really close, we may say you want to put one of those in another auction and we'll take a driver or a resto mod of the same type of car. And so you always yes. have different uses. Not everybody wants to buy a, a fully numbers matching, you know, muscle car that uh, you, you don't want to take out and drive. Yes. And I have both in my collection. I've taken them down to, you know, everything I can get, actually, NOS, and there's difference between NOS and factory assembly line. I sold a 65 shell before a world record that we restored back to the way it came off the assembly line yep. with assembly line parts, sure. not, not NOS and the dealership that were maybe three generations of iterations back. And I, I, I restored the car to go win the Triple Crown, won the Triple Crown, won everything it could win and then it sat in my garage for about a year and I'm like well I really don't want to drive it it's too nice and I decided I would sell it buy what car I could drive and I'm actually building a 67 Shelby GT500 resto mod great so I like what I do I love cars I have 108 in my collection right now personally and they come or wow. they go from full-on classics that I restored to, to Pebble Beach, mm -hmm. to uh, building resto mods, to doing numbers matching cars. So I love all aspects of it, and I think it gives us an advantage. 
we are not just auctioneers. I love this. This is my hobby. It's Steve Davis's hobby. Sure. Mike McCullough, uh, who was a customer, has had about 400 Shelbys go through his hands in his lifetime. So when you get fellow people that love what we do, you also want people to come into the hobby and have a good experience. And I think that is what is different and what keeps changing as time goes on. Now, I had this talk the other day with a gentleman we're going to sell some of his cars, and he's bought them over the last 20 years. I said, don't be shocked if the experts go through there and find stuff. It goes, well, I bought it from you. Yeah, but what we knew 20 years ago mm-hmm. and what we know now, it's an evolving. it, it has evolved. Uh, yes. You know, the Internet and getting into the factories more and everybody sharing more information. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've learned, we've learned a lot more, and a lot of the books that were written 20 years ago aren't accurate. You know? no. It was what they knew at the time. Yes. So we keep evolving, and we want our customers to know that we look at everything. And it doesn't mean we're giving a guarantee to it, but we've put our eyes on it. Our sure. experts have put their eyes on it. And uh, we want people that come into the hobby to enjoy it. And that's what it's all about. It's a hobby that we love. Sure. So uh, when Barrett Jackson moved back to the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, I recall you uh, mentioning that uh, Barrett Jackson was going to implement a a buyer education program. We do these seminars. Mm -hmm. So mainly in Scottsdale, but we do it at all the events. But Scottsdale, we do it every day. And we have different speakers come and talk. Uh, we'll have our experts talk about what we look at. Mm-hmm. We don't tell exactly how we know what we know, but <laughs> we do scrutinize the cars pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And we do that because when you have 40% new people, I put it this way, when I first uh, was looking at getting engaged, I went out to buy a diamond ring, I had no idea. I had to learn a whole new language, cut, clarity, <laughs> color. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, and, it's and I'm analogy. looking through it and looking at it going, I I don't know. <laughs> art, same way. I started collecting art. Oh, I, I have no idea. And I put myself in the shoes of somebody that loves this, has watched us on television, wants to come there. Okay. And we will guide people. And sometimes somebody comes to the auction and they know I came for that car and I'll see them up on the auction block buying something 180 away from it. Mm-hmm. Steve had this talk with a gentleman and he came there for a Thunderbird and he left with a resto mod and he goes, I had no idea you could make a car so beautiful and I could actually take it out and drive and it. Yeah, drivability. Drivability. Sure, sure. And that's what it's about when you have that many cars together and the opportunity to really spend, and I tell people, don't just fly to the auction. I tell it on both sides. I've, I've had consigners in the past go, my car's coming over Saturday. When do you need it? Friday. No, 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 no. It needs to be here a week before, yeah. and you need to have somebody detailing it. You can't leave it there as an orphan. You need to tell people about your car. Sure. Because when there's that many cars, everybody isn't just going to look at them the last minute. They're going to look at it. They're going to look at something else. They're going to look at for days, then they're going to decide what they want, and then if maybe the first two cars go for more than they want to pay, and your car comes up. You have to be the best advocate for your car. On the buyer's side, you need to go around and do the exact opposite. You need to go talk to the owners. I tell the owners, be accessible. 
ask them for the paperwork, the provenance. We have a property room at where we take all the real paperwork, but if you want to come look at it, mm -hmm. and we encourage people to make duplicates of the paperwork, copy it, make a book that people look at. If they want to come in the property room and see the real McCoy, then we will show them. And at that, at that time, the experts have already looked at it because paperwork's easy to duplicate and we try to employ the best people to look at stuff. After all these years uh, and all the great detail you've provided us, is there ever a surprise? I believe I've read that there are no reserves in your auctions. Yes, our auctions are all no reserves. So well, not true. Scottsdale, there may be some in the real expensive the real cars. High end. We have a uh, La Ferrari we'll be selling as part of our supercar salon. Yes. Yeah. So that one will have a reserve, but it's also one of one car. Yeah. Well, that seems to be the right approach then. Uh, so, I mean, have you ever been surprised or did you, do you Oh, we get surprised all the time and you'll hear us up on the block. Yeah. Both ways. You'll sell a car which you thought was crazy money. Yes. And then a better car comes along and it's slower. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, pay attention. <laughs> Great yes. car. Yes, yes. And I think people respond if you really explain to them why it's so rare. But at the end of the day, it takes two people that have the same passion wanting to own the car. I had one gentleman years ago, and uh, we were at a restaurant, and he came up to me and goes, I want to talk to you. My car didn't bring what I thought. So I talked to him, and he goes, I go, what'd you want for your car? 150, what'd it bring? 175. I'm like, all right, I don't understand what you're unhappy about. But the other Shelby brought 225. Oh. I go, and which one was yours? He told me it was the black one. I go, and the red one brought more money. I go, apparently there are more guys that wanted a red car at the auction that day. You, yes. you both had great cars. They both broke the bank, so don't feel bad. Yeah. But that's the way the auction works. It's, sure. it's the options. It's the, the, the way it just touches somebody's heart. We are selling passion. We are not selling day-to-day -day transportation. Yes. So if I understand that correctly, you have to also do some hand-holding with buyer, people that have buyer's remorse. But yeah, buyer's remorse at some. Um, you know, we try to deal with that real-time at the auction. We're not perfect. There's so big, you'll have guys say, oh, I didn't bid this. We have cameras. We go back. We make mistakes. We make it right. You also have somebody go... I, did, I didn't buy that. You play it back, and is that you with your hand in the air? Yes. Is that you high-fiving your buddy? Yes. yes. Is that you signing the clerk ticket? Yes. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Explain to, to me that. exactly <laughs> what I missed here. <laughs> and, you know, it's yeah. you're in the heat of the moment, and a lot of times it's chatter. And people there, yeah, yeah, you paid too much for that, or, oh, my buddy's got one that's better than that. Yes. Did your buddy's car get fully vetted? Did your buddy's car, is it gone, you know, and, well, I don't know. But he said he could get me a better deal. I go, well, you already raised your hand. You've yes. lived the moment. Enjoy the car. And I would offer you to bring it back and sell it with us after you've enjoyed it for a year and buy another car. That's a great answer. Um, can I assume that because it's Barrett Jackson and there are many other auction houses, now um, that it's a compliment to you that there are more people with doing car auctions and are you if I could ask the question are you are you on good terms with some of the other people or is it most of them yeah, yeah. not all um, you know a lot of the guys that run the other auction houses used to be our customers gotcha uh, 
back in the day, and I said this at Don Williams' funeral, uh, there was a picture taken for Rob Report back in the early 80s, that was, or 90s, 93, I believe. And it was five of us around the car. And I was sitting in the driver's seat. It was Tom Barrett, Richie Klein, and Don Williams, my brother. Um, who else am I missing there? Tom Barrett. We were all there, and we all started together. Uh, and all of us branched out and did other things and yes. grew. But we all remained friends. We all shared the same back office. The same people worked at each auction that started with us. Yes. yes. And actually, Don and Rick Cole, I would go on vacations and do stuff with. Great. So I'd invite them over to my beach house and have them spend the week with me. And we, we really enjoyed each other's company because we all shared the camaraderie of starting together. Mm-hmm. Now, I was the youngest one sitting in that car. That I was like, get used to this, boys. I'm going to be in the driver's seat for a long time. <laughs> They're all heckling me. There's an auto-enthusiast camaraderie also. There absolutely is. And, you know, people that come into this industry and look at it just, even my new partners, they love what we do. Mm-hmm. They are very passionate about it, have collector cars themselves and bought cars at the auction. And I didn't want a partner to come in because ultimately I can't run this forever, so I wanted it to be partner for years and slowly turn the, the reins over to somebody that could take it for the next hundred years and run sure. the name Barrett Jackson. And that meant a lot to me, but having people that share the passion, but have a vision of where this can go worldwide. And that's that's basic what I think it takes to run this business. And I tell it to people that work in for us, if you are here to, for a nine to five job, you are not gonna make it. I have people that worked for me for 35 years and they love what they do. And other people can't make it 35 minutes. I mean, we put <laughs> yeah. the pedal down I love and that. spit them right out. I told you, you gotta have the passion. If yes. you're here just to punch a clock, you're not gonna make it, because we're in the live event business, we're in a very passionate business, mm-hmm. and you have to share the passion. And that's what we look for when we hire people. So. Uh I often hear from uh, people, parents that have teenage uh, kids that are turning 16, tell me that their kid's not interested in, in getting a driver's license. They don't want a car. Uh, they, they want a computer. Well, my and, son is sort of in that same realm. Uh, he, he, he's not passionate about cars. He's passionate about technology. Both my kids, that's why I sold part of the company, I didn't, expect you didn't to want to that. run it. But they, they, at the same time, they appreciate what I do, but they love it in the digital world. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, I was at, I took my P1 McLaren two weeks ago to uh, Cars and uh, Copters and Huntington Beach, and it was a mile long going down PCH of kids with their phone. I can't tell you how many social media videos of my Chrome P1 mm-hmm. driving down Pacific Coast Highway went out. But it went everywhere. And the passion is there. It's, I think in some it is, you either are born where you lust for this. Like when I grew up, there were certain cars that I, I wanted that I couldn't afford. And that was the poster with the sloped nose Porsche and yeah, yeah. the girl on it. And it was just, that was the dream. And once I got you know, where I could do stuff, 
those are the cars, and that's always what you have to have. My wife didn't get her driver's license till she was, you know, in her 20s because she lived in New York City, but she loves cars now. And a lot of my partners grew up in the city too, New York City, and now they they love the open road. And that's what it really takes is getting people to come experience what the car community is like. Going out and driving the cars is one thing. Doing it with 20 people that share the same passion. I just did a rally with Bugatti and uh, drove through some spectacular country, but had dinner with some very interesting people and went on drives every day that were spectacular lunches. And that's the camaraderie of car collecting. And you get that when you come to Barrett-Jackson. Barrett-Jackson is not just an auction. It's an automotive lifestyle event. You have ride and drives. You know, this year we've added a concert at the start of the auction with Foreigner, our opening night party, uh, seminars, you name it. It's, uh, you know, when the guys from IMG Endeavor came and looked at Barrett-Jackson, they couldn't believe the size, the scope, but how many different things are going on simultaneously. Yes. And the quote was, P.T. Barnum didn't have a thing on you. You got more than a three-ring circus going on here simultaneously. Is there a deliberate effort on the part of Barrett-Jackson to appeal to a younger audience to perpetuate the hobby? Absolutely. First weekend is is, uh, first. So this year we'll kick it off with Foreigner Friday night. That's a concert in the arena, Rock the Block. Next day is Family Day which also is the Equidome. We have STEM in the Equidome. We are doing uh, merit badges for uh, Boy Scouts. We do Monster BMX motocross outside. Kids under 12 get in free. The Future Collector Car Show is on Sunday, which the Future Collector Car Show is we are judging cars from 1980 up. But we get judges that grew up in that era that loved the cars, and most of them YouTubers and social media influencers in their own rights that love that genre of cars. So the whole first weekend is how do you bring the next generation into the hobby? That's great. Let's use our belly pulpit and let them in for free, let them interact, and uh, let them have a good time and let them grow up. Perpetuate the hobby. one of the curiosities I have is in, in recent years you've seen the um, fascination with Ford Broncos or I can't think of another good example, but in the, on the horizon, can you predict the future? What do you think is going to be a good collector uh, down the road? Have you been asked that a lot? And I get asked that a lot. Yeah. You know, I hope it's not the end of the petroleum era, but like I just bought. Yes. The reason I bought the Shea Rollins is the last U.S. production uh regular Shane Rome. Yeah. After this there'll be hybrids. Yes. I've put away a lot of last generation stick shift cars of yes. the different makes because I love driving manuals. I love tow heel. Yeah. The balance That's of the like. car. <laughs> yeah. It's driving. Yes. The driver involvement is the driver involvement. So my, much more. My track cars for out at our uh, automotive country club I use a nineteen uh, Chevrolet uh, Z R one, I think it was the pinnacle, the front engine, sure. Corvette, seven-speed manual transmission in it. Absolutely. And, uh, I just love taking that thing out on the track. So yeah. I buy cars that, A, I want to use and drive, but cars that I think have a 
a point in history that you're going to look back. And you look at like Porsches have run up. The last year of the air cools have just yes. you know gone gone skyrocketed, mm -hmm. and uh, that's sort of my formula. Yeah. Away from the performance cars, like the I think it's twenty one or twenty three window Volkswagen vans are now six figure cars. They are. We started that. Yeah. No, did you? Okay, oh, yeah. please tell we me. We sold <laughs> one for two hundred at Orange County. It's all your fault. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the best part. So we saw it in Orange County at the auction. I was actually outside uh, doing an interview, and I hear this ruckus inside, and I just got, I, I got to go for a sure. minute. And I run in there, <laughs> yeah. and it, it was just going back and forth and back and forth, and the one gentleman was on the phone, and uh, at the end of it, uh, I'll make the story short, but at the end of it, the, the person that was on the phone said the guy wants to talk to you so I talked to the person that was the guy that runs a competing auction house he goes uh -huh. my customer wanted that he goes that's insane <laughs> <laughs> we all agree we all agree but it was perfect it was one of the best restorations I've ever seen of uh, a 23 window and the next day I'm taking the trash out at my house and uh, there it goes driving by on Highway 1 with a surfboard on top. Oh, love like, it. This guy bought love it, and next day next he's day. living the dream. Boy. Looked like he was heading to San Juan Capistrano. He's driving by. All right, cool. Yeah. That's good. Out driving his car. They're made to be driven. Yeah. That's the goal. You know, I drive all my cars. You know, there's some I don't drive that much. I try to keep the miles off them. But... Uh, you know, I believe my Bugatti's already got 1,300 miles on it, and you know, wow. only been driving it for two months. So, uh, unlike the policemen in, in Dubai who drive them every day, right? <laughs> yeah. something like I've heard that story that the police department has Bugattis. They do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, the uh, the auction that you have coming up in in uh, January, I think, is when you guys start. Is that true? That's our. That's we start like NASCAR. We start right. with the biggest one. Gotcha. You know, we listen to our customers, what they like, and we're going to keep adding things that our customers like to the equation. Mm -hmm. And how about when you go to Arizona, which is your your base, headquarters, that must be the... Is that the that's Scottsdale. Scottsdale. That's the mothership of all of the different auctions that you have now? And it is. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, 300... Last year we did right at 350,000 people through the gates. Gosh, really? Uh, the tent, when you enter one end to the other, is eight-tenths of a mile mm -hmm. of temporary structure. Mm -hmm. Two Guinness Book of World Records, ride and drives, and 400 and some different vendors. Almost all the major auto manufacturers. And uh, you know, So the Scottsdale event is the pinnacle event. It is. Yeah. And it, in the collector car world, you know, the two weekends are... Monterey for Pebble Beach and Barrett-Jackson because they both go back 50 plus years. Pebble yes. Beach will be coming up on what, 65 I think. Yes. Uh, in other areas I've interviewed people and there's holy grails. You're a wine collector and you collect fountain pens, whatever it is, and there's something that's out there somewhere that they still want to attain, a special Spanish wine or whatever it might be. Are there holy grails for you still? Not really. 
Um, I get asked that all the time. I've had a lot of the great cars. Some I probably shouldn't have sold financially. Mm -hmm. I had a two, 250 short wheelbase covered headlight, uh, California Spider, pinnacle mm -hmm. of a Ferrari. Mm -hmm. I really didn't like driving it. I didn't fit in it. it, it, my, knees, it for you. my knees were in the dash and yes. up against the steering wheel and getting in and out of it was sort of uncomfortable. And I was like, yeah. I really wanted to use it for a rally car. So I sold it, bought a Gullwing. Felt more comfortable driving it on rallies. Sure. Had more room, a little less ventilation, but a lot more room to drive the car and be comfortable. So, you know, you buy cars, you sell cars. Uh, I don't really have regrets. I've had about every car I've ever wanted to own that I've hunted down. And some cars, I still have my first muscle car I ever bought. And uh, I don't ever plan on selling them. And what car is that? ZL1. And I was hunting for a Hemi Cuda convertible. Then I found my my Hemi Cuda convertible, my two uh, prototype Shelbys that I did a whole YouTube show for History Channel also on finding two cars that everybody knew were crushed and restored them back with the original people that helped build them originally or their kids. Oh, wow. So if you get a chance, go check out my YouTube channel. They're on there, those shows. You, you mentioned your wife a few times during the podcast, so since you mentioned your wife, does she appreciate the cars as much as you do, or does she, she have does. a favorite? She does. She loves the customers. Mm -hmm. uh, she likes the camaraderie. I'm not sure she enjoys the passenger seat of the Bugatti rallies <laughs> as much as Thank I do. <laughs> uh, she is my, uh, my governor. <laughs> well... Uh, we want to thank our guest, uh, Craig Jackson, a special guest, uh, second day of SEMA. Uh, we could talk all day, and I'm sure you have other responsibilities, but thank you for your expertise and your sense of humor and all the things you shared with us. Thank you very much. Easy subject. I love what I do. <laughs> okay. thank, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.